Hey, how's it going? Hi. Um, good. Okay, so, so about Sophie Erasure, I want to understand more of, like, um, what happens, like, um, um, how to identify it when it happens, when you're talking to somebody else. Um, that's what I want to start out with. Well, tell me a little bit more about what, just so I make sure we're talking about the same thing. Uh, just tell me, if you can, a little bit more about what you mean by self-erasure. About, about it? Yeah, about self-erasure, what, uh, what it means to you and, and what, it, uh, uh, what, what you mean it as. Okay. Well, um, it's, um, I think it means when, when somebody is talking to you, like when you bring up a, uh, maybe a problem to them, like, um, uh, and, and they go, well, um, uh, what are you talking about, you know? something like that. And then, and then, and then for me, what happens is I, I just kind of, I, I kind of blank out, like, um, and then I have to regroup. Um, so, so when the person denies something, I kind of deny it in myself, I guess. Sure. Yeah. And, um, is is that the right um, description of it? Um, so yeah. So if someone says uh, I don't like this movie, you feel like the same way, or you or is it that you feel the same way, or you you feel if you don't feel the same way, you can't uh, talk about it? Yeah. If I don't feel the same way, I can't talk about it. Okay, that's not quite the same as self-erasure, and I just want to make sure that we're and again these terms are all somewhat subjective, so you know take it or leave it, but. Uh, self-erasure is when you don't know what you think. Like self, self er, to erase a personality is like, you know, takes significant, you know, brainwashing and torture and and all that, like you know, really cult moony stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. And and that's not what you're talking about. What you're talking about is uh, uh, having a fear of contradicting people. Ah, okay. Then I, I would have to talk about like, okay, another situation which I really was self like erased, like. Um, your emotions can get erased, right? Um, like, um, okay, well, I, I, I want to get into the, the situation that I wrote in the email, because that's when it happened. Well, as I said, I, d I don't want to talk about anything specific that, that you were talking about in the email. I'd rather just talk in general principles because I don't know the facts and I'm only going to get one side and this and that. So if we could just stick with the general principles, I'm sure they will be uh, helpful uh, enough to, um, uh, to, to help you with, with other situations. Um, okay. Um, all right. Well, if, if somebody... Um, Sorry. Do you want me to just, just ask you some questions and then we can see if we can go from there? Uh, yeah. yeah okay. Well, I mean, there are different levels, of course, of, of um, uh, conformity, uh, really, is, is what we're talking about. And, and there are different levels of conformity. And, and some levels of conformity, in my opinion, and all of this is just my opinion, as you know, some, some levels of conformity are, are good, right? So... Uh, if you're at uh, uh, someone's house for dinner and and you're served something that you don't really like, 
Uh, it doesn't taste like horrible, but you just don't like it. And they say, are you enjoying your meal? I think it's okay to say yes. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's sort of a minor social lubricant, so to speak. I just don't think it's a big deal where you say, well, you know, it's not, I don't find this particularly tasty or that. Because you can enjoy a meal even if you don't love the taste of something, right? I mean, you enjoy the company or whatever, right? Um, so to me, there's, you know, little things that there's a certain amount of conformity. You don't do it out of fear. It's just a kind of a, a graciousness, if that makes any sense. Uh, um, Politeness. Okay. And so there's, there's that level. Now, that's sort of one extreme of conformity. And, and, and at the other extreme is, I don't know, you, you're drafted into the military and turned into some stone-cold psycho-killing machine or something, right? So there's, there's other, you know, you're kidnapped by some, I don't know, Sheikh Guevara cult and turned into a soldier or something, right? Or a gorilla. So they're sort of really, really big extremes. And I don't think that if you make a choice to conform to a particular situation, if you know that you're making the choice, that's not self-erasure, as, as I understand it. And again, this is just me, right? So I'm no, I'm, no, I'm, no, <laughs> I'm no expert in this. This is just the way that I think of it. But if you don't know that you're conforming, then that is self-erasure, if that makes sense. Ah. Um, and so it's, it's unconscious. And you don't know until it actually already happened. Right. So afterwards, you're like, why did I do that? Right? Yeah. And at the time, you don't even know that you don't want to do it. Right? Right. Right. So uh, you can think of this in sexual matters. Right? So, um, you know, there's some relationships have this conflict where, you know, the, to take a stereotypical example, the guy wants to have sex and the, the girl doesn't. Right? And now, if she's, you know, says, okay, well, let's go, you know, kiss me and I'll, you know, I'm sure I'll get in the mood, right? That's one example of a kind of conformity. Whereas if she ends up just having sex with the guy and then afterwards says, I didn't even think about saying no, that's a kind of self-erasure. Oh, okay. Does that, I mean, and I think that distinction is important because... You want to be precise. Um, and, you know, when I, say, when I say something is precise, I don't mean that my definition is the be-all and end-all. But what I mean is that I think that distinction is important. Right? So, yeah, that's a good example. Yeah. Right. So, and we don't, we're not talking about sex because I'm British, right? <laughs> I just wanted to yeah. give that as an example. But um, when, when you think about situations in your life where this comes up, is it more like, you, you know that you are. You know that you don't agree, but you decide to say you do, or do you not even know that you don't agree? Well, um, um, what happens is like uh, because it's, it's more um, around um, if I'm around my abusive parents, um, then I would feel fear if I wanted to express my preference about something if right. they were going to attack me. Right. Uh, and, but when I'm around uh, just a normal person, like on FDR or something, I still fear that sometimes. Um, sure, sure. And, and that's probably, I mean, I would say that's probably healthy myself. But anyway, come on. Really? Like, okay, because 
I mean, if if uh, say you have a friend, um, and and you want to be able to express your preferences around them, you know, um, and and they're and and let's just say they're not abusive. Um, I I felt that I just felt really anxious, like um, about that happening, like. Sure. And you, you understand, to me, that makes total sense, given what I know about your history. That, to me, makes complete sense. In fact, if you didn't feel that anxiety, that would be really weird. <laughs> yeah. Right, and I, simply I because, be, because you grew up in the household you grew in, right? You grew up in the household you grew up in, right? And yeah. in situations, and, and so you have trained yourself, or been trained, right, by uh, uh, harsh circumstances, you have uh, been trained to feel fear in the expressing of your opinion in the same way that other people feel fear when they think of putting their hand into an open flame or a blender or something, right? Right. Because it, it causes pain and suffering. And, and so for you, uh, in your environment, uh, the expressing, expressing of, of true thoughts and feelings uh caused uh, attack right right and so you, you you and you have to be blanket you you can't sort of pick and choose right because and i'm guessing and you can tell me if i'm way off base of course if you grow up in an environment where your thoughts and opinions are attacked if you hesitate you get attacked as well right yeah, like they might make fun of my hesitation if it looks weird or something. Yeah. Right, right. That, so if someone says, "What do you think?" and you're like, "Oh, is it safe? Is it is it not safe?" then you're attacked. So it has to be immediate, right? Right. right. Any hesitation when when conformity is is demanded from you, any hesitation provokes further attack. That's a general rule. It's not necessarily universal, but I've not I don't know of a single exception, but that's what I've seen. Right, so the only way that we uh, can, um, the only way that we can survive or, or avoid these attacks in, in this environment is it becomes instantaneous, right? Conformity becomes instantaneous. You don't pick and choose it, it's just automatic. Right. And so now you're saying, okay, well, when I'm dealing with people who aren't uh, my family, I feel this same fear. Well, of course, because it's become automatic, right? Right. And um, I'd like to, I'd like to grow out of that. But I don't know how. Like, um, you know, it's still there. And I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm still with my parents. But, but I mean, when I, when I like, you know, when I leave and everything, I want to be able to, to, to find a way to get out of that. Um. Sorry, uh, sorry. What do you mean to say? You say grow out of it or get out of it. What What does that mean? Um, I, um, I want to stop conforming when I don't need to. Um, okay, go on. Because I mean, if you want to, if if you want to have a friend who who really cares about uh, who you are and everything, well. Um, having that fear is, is really um, maladaptive, um, and 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 it takes a lot of effort to work through it. Um, and 
I want to know how to, how to go from where I am now to, you know, being comfortable um, being myself. Right. Matter. Right, right, okay, okay. So you would like to have the choice to not conform without, well, to con you'd, have the, you'd like to have the choice to not conform, right? Yeah. Now, when you say you'd like to have the choice to not conform, again, just for my own annoying precision, do you mean to say that you want to feel the fear of not conforming and choose to not conform? Or do you want to not even feel the fear? Um, well, I would like not to feel the fear, if that's possible. Um, I can tell you just my own experience and opinion, and it doesn't mean anything, uh, except it's my own experience and opinion. I've been working on this stuff for a quarter century. I still feel fear in the face of non like when with nonconformity. Now, that maybe you can do something that I haven't uh, and, and figure something out, but I still feel that. Now, that doesn't mean that I'm, I'm enslaved by it. It doesn't mean that I'm trapped by it. And there are many times when I feel it and I'm glad that I felt it. Because sometimes it's really not safe to conform, but you don't know that except emotionally. Because you don't have the evidence empirically, right? Like, so you meet someone new, Bob, we'll call him, right? You, you meet someone new, and you don't know whether it's safe to be honest and open with Bob because you haven't done it yet, right? Right. Now, if you do it and you find that he attacks you, that's very unpleasant, right? And that's only going to reinforce the don't do it feeling, right? Right. So... You have a challenge, which is you need to have the feelings to tell you whether it's safe or not. And your question is, well, how do I know whether those feelings are accurate, right? Um, yeah. Right. But, but I, think, I think to understand that you will almost always, and for as long as, I can, as long as I've been around, my experience has been that you will feel those feelings of fear but you want to be able to choose whether to act or not. And I think the important thing is just to have realistic expectations because you can't erase the first 20 years of your life, right? Right. It's like saying, I want to learn French and I want to forget English, right? Well, you can learn French, but you can't forget English, right? Right. Right, so you have a language called fear and you want to learn how to speak another language. That does not mean that you're going to forget the language called fear. It's not, it's not going to happen. Ah. I'm going to learn the language called courage. Right. You, you want to learn the language called, you know, courage and, and so on, but you'll never lo lose the language of your history. In, in my experience, again, this is maybe there's some way of doing it that I've never heard of and don't know about, but yeah. I've been doing this for quite a long time now, and I don't know of anything like that. And, and I say that not to make you feel bad, though I'm sure it doesn't make you feel good, but, but to give you a sense of... Um, the journey and, and what is reasonable and possible. And also, because if you have a goal called, I don't want to be afraid of nonconformity, that's a dangerous goal to have because it's dangerous at times to not conform. Yeah. Right? Like when I was in the business world, uh, politics 
would uh, would come up, right? And people would say stuff that was just, well, you know, right? I don't have to tell you, right? Or religion or whatever, right? And I did not uh, stand up on a soapbox and give everyone the introduction to philosophy speech, right? Right. Uh, it can be dangerous. Yeah. Oh, I'm so sorry. Um, I'm going to have to call you back just in two minutes. Uh, I just, uh, Isabella's stirring. Let me call you right back. Ah, okay. Thanks. No oh, hey. Um, sorry about that. You can hear me all right? Oh, no problem. Yeah. Okay. Uh, this is my life now. I can't do anything for more than 12 minutes at a time. <laughs> but, um, okay, so, um, uh, so, so I, just, I, th I think it's just important to have realistic expectations because if you think you can learn French and lose your knowledge of English, you're going to get perpetually frustrated, right, when someone talks to you in English and you reply in English, right? Right, so you, you know, like it or not, we can't cast away our histories to that degree, or at least, as I say, that's been my experience. Maybe something will be something's different, or something that's been my experience, and I, I would put that forward as a strong possibility, to say the least. Okay. So, um, uh, and, and you don't want to get rid of that fear, right? Yeah. Right. I mean, if you have a fear of dogs. Um, you don't necessarily want to get rid of your fear of dogs completely because some dogs can be dangerous, right? Right. And actually, uh, I have another question. Um, not just fear, but uh, blankness, uh, which I think is dissociation. Yes, um, yes, yes. Sometimes that will happen. Um and I can't think of a time specifically when it does, but I mean, do you do you kind of understand how that would happen? Like, um, um, okay, let me think. Uh, well, of course, the problem is that uh, if uh, um, if you could remember it, it wouldn't be dissociation, right? That's the challenge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I could give like a small snippet of something that I told, talked to somebody about and, and it's kind of related if that works like on Skype because um, that's the only thing I can recall right now. Right. Um, do, you want, do you want me to send it? Um, no, I, I mean, I'd, unless you feel it's really, I'd like to just keep talking if that's all right. But I mean, if we get stuck, then but you can send it because I think, I think we know uh, when... Oh, sorry, I, I think we can we can figure out patterns about when this occurs, and if we can't, then we'll look at something in more detail. Okay, all right. Uh, then I'm going to need some questions because I'm like I don't I know what happens. Oh, totally, <laughs> totally, totally. No, of course. Look, and I mean, I hope that I haven't expressed it, but I just mentioned. I mean, huge sympathy. I mean, this is you've been given some some challenges to work with, and those things can make you very strong indeed. Uh, but they are real challenges, and the, the dissociation is is a very big challenge. And um, the dissociation, and I uh, look again, just just so you know, I'm just a guy talking theory, right? I, do, I don't have any big credentials or, or or proof for you, but this is what I have experienced in my years of working on myself and working with others. So again, I just put the caveat out there, and then we'll keep going. Okay. The dissociation occurs when success is impossible. D dissociation occurs when success in, in interaction becomes impossible. Uh, 
Right. So if you uh, imagine uh, a guy, uh, he's, uh, some guys start to chase him, right? Well, he's going to run, right? Or he's going to fight, but he's probably going to run. Let's say five guys start chasing him or whatever, right? So he's going to start running, right? So he's got action that he can take. And let's say they catch him. Well, he's going to start throwing punches and then he's going to start kicking and he's going to bite and he's going to whatever, right? He's going to do all of these things. And let's say they put a hood over him and they put him in a van. Then he's going to try and get out of the van or whatever, right? But let's say someone puts a gun to his temple and says, if you make another move, I'm going to pull a trigger, right? At that moment, no further action is possible that he can succeed with, right? Right. And now, he may sit there and think, okay, I'm going to sit still here. I'm going to not move, but I'm going to keep listening. How many times do we turn? I'm going to try and figure out where we're going. I'm going to, like, all of these kinds of things, right? Yeah. He's still got action he can take. It's just not any external action, right? Yeah, and I can, I can say that I've had a lot of dreams like that. Sure, sure. And I'm sorry to be provoking these, these metaphors, right? I mean, sorry to be using these violent images. It's just they, they help because I think that in a lower brain, this is sort of what is going on, right? Now, to, to sort of, so he's still going to be planning. He's still going to be plotting his escape. He's just not going to be moving because the guy said, I'll pull the trigger, right? Yeah. Now, if he's uh, taken into some horrible dungeon and he's, he's strapped to some table or whatever, he's still going to be trying to figure out the situation, right? What the hell do they want uh, and so on, right? And he's going to figure out if he can bargain, if he's got any information and so on, right? And if some guy just comes in and says uh, to him, uh, I'm going to torture you and then I'm going to kill you, right? And, and there's nothing you can say that is going to change the course of that. There's nothing that I want from you. I don't want any money. I don't want it. I'm just going to torture you and I'm going to kill you. Now, once the guy believes that, he's going to give up, Right? Yeah, he's going to go limp. Yeah, there's no further action that he can take uh, to, to do anything, right? Because there's no possibility of negotiation or need or, or choice or bargaining or escape or anything, right? Right. The only thing he might do is he might try and find some way to die sooner, right? And again, I'm sorry for the, the ugliness of the imagery, but uh, I just sort of want to get to the extreme of dissociation, right? Now, once he has gone to the extreme and he knows he's going to die and there's nothing he can do, he's going to be tortured, he's going to be killed or whatever, right? The kindest thing I think that nature can do is just make him go bye-bye, right? Um, yeah. Like if you've ever seen pictures of people who are in, uh, in front of firing squads, they never try to run. They just stand there, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's an example of extreme dissociation, right? Um, yeah. And people who have been tortured uh, have reported this out-of-body experience. They, they simply, it's like they're floating above themselves. They just complete dissociation because there's nothing that they can do. There's no course of action that they can take. Yeah, like... Uh somebody in a surgery or something, the same thing. 
Yeah, I've, I've read about that. Well, the surgery thing's a little different because, I mean, you're supposed to be anesthetized or whatever. I'm talking about a, a specifically evil environment. Okay. And we do this, as I've mentioned in a podcast or two, right? We run, and then when the bear catches us, we generally go limp, right? Right. So... I remember. Right. So, so the, the way that I formulate dissociation is that dissociation occurs when you are in a no-win situation. So to give a, a silly example, my, my brother would, would sometimes come up to me and say, um, what is one and one? What do one and one make, right? And I would originally say, this is when we were very young, right? I'd say two, right? One and one make two, right? right? And he'd say, no, idiot. And he'd, two, he'd put two ones next to each other, and you see, they make 11, right? No, that's mean. Well, yeah, or if I would say 11, he'd say, no, dummy, it's two, right? One plus one equals two. Right. Or he'd come up to me and he'd say, uh, no means yes, and yes means no. Do you want me to hit you? And if I said yes, he'd say, oh, the game just ended, and he'd hit me, right? And if, he said, if I said no, he'd say, oh, that means yes, and he'd hit me, right? Yeah. So it's kind of like when, when you, if it's not actually happening, it's a dissociation. Um, no, so... If you dissociate and you're, and, um, and, you, and you're in that kind of situation, that, that's really an impossible situation, then you will dissociate. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's my long-winded way of, of sort of trying to explain what it is that, that I'm trying to get at in terms of dissociation. And so to go, I mean, this is my brother with mind games and whatever, whatever. I mean, that's, that's but the guy being tortured, I mean, these are just two examples, extreme, the disparate examples of impossible situations. You can't win. Because conformity, conformity is a strategy that says, I can win if I do this, right? Or at least I can not lose, right? So if some really aggressive guy comes up to you and says, uh, I hate whites, don't you hate whites? And, and you feel like, well, if I say no, he's going to do something horrible, right? Then you say, you may right. say, oh, yeah, those damn honkies, they, they stole my loafers, right? Or whatever, right? Yeah. And, and that's a strategy to, to try and get him to not do something aggressive towards you, right? So conformity is a strategy that we use when we think we can win. Yeah. Or at least it'll do us some good, right? Yeah, okay. And, and so if, um, if I perceived that I was in an, imposs in an impossible situation, like, you know, um, would the same thing occur? Like, regardless of whether it's actually happening? Well, let me, sorry, let me just distinguish this, Roy, because when, when you are conforming to someone, you are more optimistic than when you are dissociating. When you dissociate, it means that you're in a situation that you genuinely believe no action is possible to improve the situation. Ah. Uh. Okay, so when, 
Yeah, I mean, when you can form, at least you, you have the chance of not getting hurt. Yeah, you're trying something, right? You, you, you're doing something, right? But dissociation is when there's nothing I can do, so I'm going to check out. Yeah, I see that now. Dissociation is the anesthetic, right, for whatever is coming. Like if you and I get our appendix out, we sure as hell don't want to be conscious, right? right. We want to be in the extreme dissociation of anesthesia, right? Right. I mean, hell, I want an out-of-body experience when I'm, if I'm having an operation, right? Yeah. Right, so dissociation, it's, it's just, it's important to understand that it occurs in, in a situation where no further strategy is possible to succeed or to minimize harm. Okay. That, that, uh, that makes sense. And I'll just give you one last example and we'll move on, right? Just, just to make it a little bit more personal, at least to me. When I was a kid, my mother would sometimes just come home and be in a bad mood. And I would try certain things to see if I could make her happier or at least less angry You make her a cup of tea or uh, I would offer to tidy up the living room or I would clean my room or whatever. I would try something to, to make her feel better, right? Right. And that's a positive strategy in a difficult situation, a dangerous situation, because when my mother would get really angry, she would get violent. And so there was physical risk involved. So I did what I could to try to, to solve the problem, right? right? Now, if my mother got more angry because I was trying to make her feel better, then I would try and make up some excuse to, to leave, right? I've got to go to the store. I've got to, a friend's going to meet me or whatever, right? Yeah. And if she said, you are forbidden from leaving this apartment... And, and I, could, I could see that she was just, she, she just wanted to blow up, right? It was just her way of relieving her tension, right? Abuse would yeah. just relieve her tension. And so I would try these strategies, but after a certain amount of time, I would realize that I was basically trying to talk a storm away from coming, right? It was never going to work. Yeah. She was just going to blow up make some crap up, and ev anything that I did would make it worse, right? Right. And so I would give up. I can't leave. I can't affect the situation positively. I just have to try and, you know, like I'm lashed to a tree in a thunderstorm. I just have to ride it out, right? Right. And that last part for me was where I dissociated. Because why, why stick around, right? There's no point. Can't do anything, right? Yeah. Association is a kind of mental escape. Yeah, yeah. And we do it for very sensible reasons. Ah, okay. Because we can't do anything. Yeah. And it's going to, and, and so pain is going to be inflicted on us and we can't do anything. I mean, if I have to have my appendix out, I can't not have my appendix out or I'm going to die, right? So I want to be under the, I want to be uh, uh, anesthetized, right? Right.
So it's a blessing. We look at it as an enemy, but it's a blessing. Yeah. Now, that doesn't mean that it's something that we say, yay, you know, for the rest of my life, dissociation, right? But, but, but we have to understand that first and foremost, it's not our enemy. Yeah. Um, okay, well, what about... Okay, there's this book that I'm reading, and it's called Dissociation, the Hidden Epidemic. Um, and it's like... Uh, it talks about something about uh, dissociation happening at the most inopportune times, like um, like it's kind of unpredictable or something. Um for some people, and it depends on how 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 badly they experience something like like abuse or something. Right. Um, right. Like there's mild and then moderate and really high. Um, and and if you if you have it really really badly, then it's kind of a disorder. Um, and I took a test on the book, and I mean I'm not really. T- not to say that I would take it seriously just from the text in the book, but it said I have moderate um, dissociative tendencies. So, um, and I want to, because sometimes, I mean, it does, I guess I would have to, like, um, examine my my interactions with people more closely um, to see see the impossible situation in it. and, and try to figure out, it, you know, why it actually happened. Um, is there any way that, is there any reason that it would come for no apparent reason that's related to the actual situation going on, like, in the real world? Um, and, and just kind of something going on in my head that, that triggered it? Um, well, I don't, I mean, that's, that's a huge complicated question and I, I, I couldn't conceivably do it justice. Um, I'll, I'll give a few thoughts about it and, and if they're of any use and of course they're just thoughts, but, um, it's, it's really hard to tell. I mean, you, you're, you're still in a, in a, in an emotionally challenging environment, right? Uh, you're still trying to figure out how to, to, to get to the next level of your life, whatever that is. And so right now it's going to be really hard to find anything that's not historically validly triggered, if that makes sense, right? Oh, yeah. Like you're like some some woman in a war. She's in a war zone, right? And she's still in the war zone, and she's going to be there for a while saying, how do I not be afraid of bombs? (laughs) It's like sometimes the whistling could be just somebody whistling down the street. Well, maybe, (laughs) But it's ne- never take that chance, right? Yeah. It's like, uh, I don't know. Okay, so let's say I was from a war zone and I hear um, a car alarm go off. <laughs> I think, yeah. Or something like that. Yeah. That's that's the kind of um, dissociation. I mean, because the fainting, the limpness, um, you know, uh yeah, I think that would be related to, like, my interactions with people. Right. Now, the thing, the thing to do, though, is that, that feelings don't just pounce on us unawares. Dissociation is a last-stage defense, right? So remember the guy, he's running from the other guys, and then me with my mom when she'd come home. And she, it's a last-stage defense. 
It is not an early defense. We will almost always try strategies before we end up dissociated. Dissociation is no strategy will work. And we will almost always try, even if it's very rapid, we will try or at least think of things we could do to make the situation better. And then when we can't, we will dissociate. So if you want to sort of deal with the problem of dissociation, my entirely amateur advice is to look at what happened before the dissociation. Were there, what were the warning signs, right? Did I conform before the dissociation, right? It's, it's about slowing your thought process down, which is really hard because this stuff is designed to be lightning quick, right? right. But it's slowing your thought process down and saying, what happened before the dissociation? How did I end up dissociated? Because it doesn't just happen out of the blue. Like you're not just walking down the street and whatever, right? Dum-de-dum. Oh, my God, I've been dissociated for an hour, right? <laughs> What's this blood on my hands, right? I mean, this is, not, this is not the way it works. What happens is there's a situation and some initial defenses, like a situation you perceive as threatening, some initial defenses will start up right? Uh, bargaining, projection, self-attack, you know, all the usual suspects will, will start to, 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 you will start to deploy, and it can be very quick, you will start to deploy your defenses, conformity, compliance, anger, manipulation, passive aggression, all of those things, and it may be very quick. And if those don't work, and you don't leave the situation, then you will dissociate. But there's, I guarantee you, there's stuff that happens before the dissociation. Because dissociation is a final strategy, not an initial strategy. Okay. Now, if you feel those, like if you can identify those, those things that occur, and it, listen, it, this is, it could take you three hours or five hours to, to sit through the last time you dissociated and say, what led up to it? And what did I think? And what did I feel? It can be really, really tough, right? But it's really important to do because what happens is as you become more adept at noticing these initial defenses, then you can prevent the dissociation with one of two simple, though not easy, strategies. Okay. The first strategy is leave. Right? So you say, and, and you can leave in any number of ways, right? Let's say you're talking with someone and that someone just out of the blue, some, some shop clerk, you know, you don't even know them from Adam. She starts to become aggressive and you notice that your, your, your anxiety level is heightened, your defenses are kicking in. If you stay, you're going to dissociate, right? So you say, uh, I have to go and you leave, right? Yeah. Because you know that that's going to lead to, it's going to lead inevitably to dissociation. You won't be able to control that because it's an autonomic nervous system response at this point, right? Okay. Now, the second is if you are talking with someone you're friendly with and you begin to see these defenses, you feel your anxiety, your defenses begin to kick in, then you say, I need to take a break because I feel myself becoming defensive and I don't want to do anything unjust. So I need to sort of stop and, and figure out the situation. I will get back to you, right? Hmm. Okay. And... Uh what, what are your thoughts on actually just talking it out? Well, I think that's better. I mean, it, it's better to be able to talk it out. But I think first and foremost, 
I think you want to d- disengage and and figure out how you got there, right? Because you can only you can fundamentally you can only talk things out in a relationship when those things aren't completely taking you by surprise. Oh, okay. Does that do you understand? Yeah, you have to. You kind of you have to know yourself enough to and what's going on with you in order to communicate it to the other person. Yeah, otherwise it'd be like me trying to debate in Arabic. I just, I don't know what's going on, right? Uh, I'd be able to make some noises, but it wouldn't mean anything, right? So you have to know what's going on in order to be able to talk about it because the first RTR is with yourself, right? So if you don't know what's going on with yourself, you won't be able to work it out with anyone else. Oh, okay. Now, once you do have a sense of what's going on with yourself, the second easy Sorry, the second simple, though not easy, strategy is this. You say to the person, I feel X and I don't know why. See, because if you know why, then you either it's because they're being a jerk, in which case you don't try and work it out with them. You just take a break, at least for that time being or whatever, right? Unless you, you know, if you're really advanced, you can try and work it out with them at that point, but, but early on or whatever. Or if you're completely sure about it, it's not actually going to interfere with your interaction with the other person because you've processed it, you've absorbed it, you can tell them, you know, well, I'm feeling this and this is why and, you know, this is what happened and so on. It'll all be about your internal processes. But you say, you know what, I'm feeling really, I feel defensive, I feel angry, I feel anxious, and I, I don't know why. And it's, thinking back, it started at this point. And what were you feeling? And, you know, you start to do that RTR thing with the person, right? But you have to do that before you become dissociated because you can't RTR when you're dissociated any more than you can yodel an opera when, you're, uh, when, you're, uh, when you've been anesthetized, right? <laughs> yeah. So you have to, okay. the ste- take the, you, you end up with dissociation, look at the steps that lead up to it and it will be a half a dozen or a dozen steps, emotional steps, and they can be very quick, that lead up to dissociation. Recognize that once you get to dissociation, there's nothing you can do, right? I mean, you just have to wait for it to pass. You have to get yourself to a safe environment, but, but you probably won't even be thinking along those lines because you'll be dissociated, right? Right. So when it wears I'll off... I have to have a memo to myself. Yeah, no, seriously. I mean, uh, you write this stuff on a computer screen, put it on your phone, put in, get a tattoo on the back of your neck. I don't like whatever, right? But, but you have to, I mean, it's hard to remember these things. Uh, it's hard for me. It's hard, it's hard for everyone, right? Waking up is, is, is difficult. Otherwise, everyone would already have done it, right? And we have a different conversation completely. But, but you can't do anything when you're dissociated, right? Like once the boxer gets knocked out, he, there's no point in him saying what he's going to swing next with, right? Because he's already knocked out, right? So, so, yeah, work back, figure out the steps that lead up to the dissociation. Figure out the environment. When did you first start to feel insecure or anxious or angry or whatever, right? What was it? And, and, and then why didn't I leave and why didn't I interrupt? And if you're, in a, if you're in the kind of relationship where you can interrupt whatever's going on and say, I feel X, Y, or Z, and I don't know why, and the other person responds in a sensitive and, and caring way, fantastic. Uh, if they don't, then you need to not be in that situation. And if it happens repetitively, in my opinion, that's just not a productive relationship. Because if you can't be honest, I mean, you've already had enough of your life of not being able to do that. So you want to be able to do that, right? Yeah, that's right. 
Oh, that's really good. Does that does that help? I mean, I, I went through a huge amount of, of, of stuff relatively quickly, but I mean, I know what your bandwidth is like. You are a, a ferociously intelligent woman, so uh, I, I didn't feel any need to slow down and pace myself. I have the notes in my head, <laughs> and I can I can listen to this later too. You bet. So. Is that enough for you to to start with? And, and will you will you let me know how it goes? Yeah, um, I can I can shoot you an email um, and let you know how. How I'm doing with it. Uh, please do. And uh, uh, do you feel, uh, we didn't use any names here. How do you feel about this? I know I've got a lot of requests for, for thoughts on dissociation. Uh, how do you feel about other people listening to this? Um, yeah, I'd be good with that. It would, it would help a lot of people, I think. Oh, I really do think so. And, and thank you so much. I'm sorry that it took me a little while to get the call set up. Uh, I, I do apologize for that, but I'm glad that we did get a chance to talk. Oh, me too. All right, thanks. Okay. All the best. All right, you too.